Hello, this is Andrew Lug Alden, welcoming you to another chapter of Sounds and Fish. I'm more than excited to welcome my old friend, the Canadian broadcaster, it's not Charlie Rose, Dave Kaufman, to our pod chat today. Dave is a broadcast pundit and talk show host on the Montreal radio station CJAD. He's also the host of a new podcast called Dell, where he talks about the new normal post-COVID situation that we find ourselves in. Delve is the award-winning thought leadership publication of McGill University's DeSotel's Faculty of Management. It deals with bridging the academic research and global organizations for a positive impact. Good luck, Dave. So I was going from Vancouver to uh, California and back to Bogota at the beginning of October. Yeah, like the first week or so of October. And like packing up in Vancouver and stuff. And Dave emails me from Montreal to say, guess what? I'm going to take a chance, as one should, going to see the Stones in California. They did two concerts in, in one particular week, second week of October, I believe. I did not go. One, because I, I was there for four days seeing friends, and I had decided just to stay on the cusp of Malibu and Zuma. And quite frankly, it's COVID, dear. You know, it's still COVID time. In that, those of us who rock and rolled, to put it politely, have got to beware because the COVID beast goes, oh, look at him, I'll go get him. And I don't particularly wish to be one of those. So I'm staying out, visiting our friend Blue Adler, the beach, and I did not go into town. I know Brad Pitt's disappointed and everything, but there you go. But, so I did suggest to Dave, I said, listen, man, the morning after, Maureen McGovern, I hope you'll remember that song, please come out to Malibu, and I really want to hear your morning after impressions of being in L.A. for the very first time and seeing the Rolling Stones. And here it is, Mr. Dave Kaufman. Hello, Andrew. Hi. I'm in California with my pal. How cool is this? What a difference from our last meeting in cold, the beautiful right. Montreal. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But that drive that we just took along the Pacific Coast Highway, dear listener, I don't know if you can hear the goosebumps, but they uh, are... Uh, no, it's a pr- privilege for me to be with, with Dave anyway, but to be with someone on their first visit to California is wild because I remember mine. You know, the first thing that comes to mind is the fact that coming from the climates that we came from, the girls were already undressed. I'm sorry <laughs> to be, you know, so none whatever. Would this have been 64? Yeah. And that is the year that I met the gentleman whose office you were in, Lou Adler, when we met up before we came out here to an undisclosed address. And we passed Tom Petty's on the way. So roughly, you know where it is. But that's great. You're here in California. So and, and give, if we weren't doing this, you wouldn't have got out of town. Correct. Correct. I would have right. stayed in L.A. And, and had and, a great time. I, absolutely. And, and you know. But to be able to be next to a beach that is mentioned in one of my favorite Rolling Stones songs. Oh, I, we, are, we are recording next to Zuma Beach 
from the song Some Girls. Let's go back to Zuma Beach. I'll give you half of everything I own. And I'm so looking forward to dipping a toe. I didn't know that. But, yeah, you're here. I'm just about getting used to it, which means it's time to leave. Hmm. (laughs) I'm off tomorrow night to Columbia. Why Why weren't you with me at the show last night? First reason, COVID. I've had that thing purely cemented in my mind, double cemented, since I read a couple of weeks ago of the Black Keys concert in Atlanta, where admittedly they're only playing to 600 or 1,000 people, but they had sniffer dogs on the door. Now, I love that. Okay? I did off-air port duty. Wait, are they for... for COVID. Uh, weed, COVID, COVID, or bombs? COVID, wow. Right? Now, that's That'd the be a hell of a way to find out, right? When the dog yeah. comes up to you and sits down? <laughs> yeah, and goes for you. Fuck, I'm a goner. <laughs> right, yeah. But, yeah, I went, wow, that's wild, man, because it's the... Fir- then they... I think they sent you away and gave you a refund. Because it's not necessarily your fault you got it. You know, but I watched a little bit of footage the other night from the, the Stones Nashville show. Now, admittedly, the camera was just on one thing, but there were more young people than one normally notices. Normally, it, it's girls who can't spell satisfaction, <laughs> let alone, well, they can get it, I'm sure, or give it. But, oh, God, we're being so Ryan O'Neill these did this morning, Irish and on the beach, because, and I went, See, I had Hep C. I had that wonderful Canadian drug, oh, world drug, but I got it as technically a senior in Canada from Gilead Harvoni. And I just go, well, did you clean the corners? You know, yeah, the drug like, was such a miracle. And, and you would have felt unease that it was the only show on the tour where you could, you had to show a proof of vaccination to get in and wear a mask. And once you were in, it felt like the mask rule was maybe Plus, not thought And out. given the amount of Canadians who came back to Canada with fake COVID passes. Yeah. Okay. Let's start there. Let's start with another concert review I read of where the staff are pissed off having to do the extra work. So as That's someone who has, who has been diligent about keeping myself safe yeah. and not putting myself at risk for two years. Right. I felt like this was the chance I wanted to take. To get it? <laughs> no, no to, to, to live again. All right. Oh, really? To live again. To have that feeling to do my favorite thing. Okay. And I think this comes off of the news of Charlie's passing and knowing that this is actually, even though this is something that I have done in the 1980s, 90s, yes. aughts, 10s, and now 20s, this is fleeting. This goes away, and once this is gone, it doesn't come back. Can't you go and see Fleetwood Mac, and then maybe Lindsey Buckingham will pass? <laughs> you know, no, but it's not the no, same. You know, in the same way that the Eagles, who are playing the Forum yep. for three nights in L.A. this weekend. Yep. With Vince Skill doing the Glenn Fry parts. So, and, so, and maybe that makes you happy, and maybe you're okay with that, or maybe you have the gut reaction that so many fans did and said, Steve Jordan, sure, he's great, but he's not Charlie, and this will never be the same. I could... I could get off on the Eagles. Why? Because I've never seen them. Okay. And one of the few records I play in Apollo in Colombia is the their live album, and it lasts perfectly for the perfect swim. And we know what pros they are. They're almost too pro for a lot of people, but that's what I like about them, you know. I mean, when McCartney came and did, played the blues in Bogota, Brian Ray, the guitarist, told me how many 
fake endings there are. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Well, I hope you knew that when you said you were going to be here and I said yeah. I was going, that invite was there. You made it very clear yeah. that you were going to be in Malibu. That's right. And that I was invited to uh, to come and yeah, exactly. To come up oh, to the I haven't compound. even gone into town, man. Right. I just can't deal with it. I don't want to do it. Right. No, I can't, not I can't deal with it. I don't want to. So, this is perfect for this little trip. Without, well, actually, with giving everything away, you yes. missed a hell of a show. That's great. And and it is so wonderful to think that they can still do it. And and it felt to me, having seen the last tour, I went to the show that was just north of Toronto, and then I went to the show that was uh, just outside of Which Washington, D.C. The SARS? No, no, no. That was a long, long time, time ago. ago. Oh, okay. They played the first leg of this No Filter tour. Oh, the one, so the one that they didn't... The, the ones that were rescheduled... The ones that were rescheduled after his heart procedure. Oh, Okay. They gave him one or took a bit out? You, you tell me. I don't know. <laughs> I'll ask Keith. What, uh, whatever they did. It but the Charlie it- thing, because that, okay, I think, and I don't know, I just think it, that in America, and you'll tell me from last night, in America, the Rolling Stones are a myth, and in England, they may be just a fact. Otherwise, why would they get busted in 1966 and the Beatles not? Why did the police wait for George Harrison to leave the Rolling Stones house before they busted Keith? and everybody at Redlands. They're a fact. They're not royalty. The Beatles are royalty. Sure. Yeah. Whoa, that was a rant, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. that came from somewhere deep. I'm, yeah. I'm happy you got that out. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'm, happy you got, I'm happy you felt comfortable well, we letting that out minutes. with me here. Yeah, like, Let's talk about that briefly. And I do, yeah. But I do want to get back to how... Did what a key to connection? Yes. Great. Yes, which I've never heard before. No, that's great. I've never heard before. It's always a mix of uh, slipping away, which he plays, yeah. happy... And before they make me run, yeah, that was that was wonderful. He's been doing it for the last few few shows. You know, what, I think in Memphis, might, well, Nashville might have been the first one. I don't know. What? When was that written? That's sixty six. And then when you think of what they couldn't get away with, let's spend the night together on Ed Sullivan. Or come on, right? You know, I mean, the lyric is brilliant, but the idea then of that just totally went over everybody's head. I think they did it on television. They might have done it on the the Palladium thing. I'm not sure, but. Let's spend the night together, you mean? That, no, oh, connection. connection as well. Okay. As well as let's spend the night together. Connection sounded to me like B-side cousin of satisfaction. Okay. Okay. Uh, somebody on Twitter, because of Paul McCartney slipping into East Hampton vascular dementia with his remark about the Rolling Stones just being a blues band. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, that you know, came up last night. I'm sure it did. Yeah, that came up at the concert The second billing to Leonardo DiCaprio. Mick at one point said, oh, there are so many celebrities here, and Leonardo DiCaprio is here, and Lady Gaga is here, and Paul McCartney's here tonight. He'll be joining us on stage later for a blues number. That's great. And I I thought that was... No, it's fabulous. Yeah, it's it's just the perfect tone. Yeah. I don't know. I I read the piece. Well, I sent it to you, the uh, McCartney piece. I went, what is it? Finally, this that East Hampton thing has got to him or because if you remember the actual quote from dear paul was i don't know if i should be saying this yeah right exactly what the fuck you know mind you like one of my favorite lead singers is said that one guinness or two and he's anybody's i mean but isn't it isn't it something to think that even the gods among us are insecure no, they, 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 how did they get there? I look at this and I think, oh my God, even Paul McCartney is still worried about his legacy and comparing himself to the Rolling Stones. And to Paul John, McCartney. man, you won't stop. And, now, and I don't know if it's McCartney or if it's David Brooks. Who's that? The writer of the piece. Oh. But the idea of, of putting that in at a moment when the Stones are touring, at a moment when 
people are essentially mourning and celebrating the life of Charlie Watts. And McCartney, oh, I don't get that connection. Oh, I do. I do. I absolutely. Really? I, 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 I see it as Paul McCartney, and I don't understand it. My initial reaction is there is so much room at the top of the mountain for both of them that there is no need to have this to continue. Well, this. I don't think that Paul McCartney, in some ways, needs to come down from his mountain because it always has been the Beatles. And everybody else. Sure. Regardless of what's going on. Sure. Right? But like the Stones, Beatles, or Oasis, Bloor, yeah, or right. yeah, yeah. Man, You, and Chelsea, why? We are constantly needing this. We got these, more in these... COVID, man, because they're regurgitating everything. I mean, this morning, Jimmy Page is complaining about how he made a mistake using Phil Collins in Live Aid. <laughs> Give me a break. These guys off stage, that's how, they get, that's how they get into high court because they think it's an appearance. You know, I right? Just, and Jimmy Page, he should know better, but they've been off the road. They need the attention. And Phil Collins, God bless him, he doesn't need to be pissed on right now. He, he can't even stand up. Oh, that's right. Another one you're kicking while they're down. And it, just, right. it doesn't seem necessary. And this is something that I run into yeah. in my industry and in media. You want more clicks. You want more response. You want more calls. Do something that is going to... He didn't to, get it in that Canada. That a controversy. With Tragically Hip. Didn't get that. No, Canada is so provincial compared to what we're talking well, about. Well, that's, that's not a good way of putting it. They don't shit where they eat. I guess that's the diplomatic way. Okay. The, the, the Tragically Hip, though, are... They're my band. Yeah. The Rolling Stones are the world's band. No, they can be your band. They can. If they've changed your life. Correct. As tragically right. hipped in, man. Right. And Murray changed my life. There you go. You needed me. But anyway. But but, you but know, last night. Yeah. The audience. So the revelations from last night. Yeah. Steve Jordan. Really? Holy shit. Oh, yeah. Holy right. shit. It is not the same as Charlie. And that does not take away from the brilliance of the Rolling Stones. To have a different. That's wild. To have a That's different great. engine. Yeah. Driving the beat. And he was so good and so with it. You know, I was thinking about this morning, how to say this to build him up and not make it sound like I'm taking away from what you're No, you're not, you're not at all, man. Because there are two different things. There's a big difference. Remember, he's been Keith's guy since the beginning of Keith's solo album. So he knows what can go on in the ring. Which means he's done it with Ronnie too. Oh, yeah. It yeah. has that relationship. I believe yeah. he toured with Jagger on one of Jagger's solo things. and Empty Houses? Was no, it Wandering sorry. Spirit? I don't remember. That was I a joke, like, Dave. Sorry, I missed okay, it. You missed, I missed it. it. I took some notes okay. last night during the show, yeah. which was very impressive because I was basically hotboxing inside an N95 mask the whole time, too. So What's uh, that? When you a hot box is when you smoke a joint in a car and leave the windows open. Oh. So the equivalent would be when I tug on the vaporizer and then exhale into the N95 mask, oh, not leaving go. it anywhere to go. That's so the better the mask. Yeah. The so let's see how coherent the notes are. So I'll go through an order of the set list, and it, it started with "Let's spend the night together." Nineteenth nervous breakdown. How is that? Let's spend the night together. Fun, easy, light. Uh, light. Not good. yeah, light, good. easy. Good. It's not. It is, man. It's, it's, it's not opening no. the show with Street Fighting Man or Brown Sugar. Right. Then it was Nineteenth Nervous Breakdown. Oh, two tracks cut in L.A. Really? Yeah. It but felt to it. me like like being in my mom's car and listening to Hot Rocks. That's that set the tone. Rocks off. Uh huh. Maybe my favorite Stones lyric of all time: "The sunshine bores the daylights out of me." You're obviously more of a lyric guy 
than a music guy? No. But I've heard the, whatever, it miss you that you were talking Yeah, the Zuma Beach. But I never heard the Zuma thing, man. Zuma for me is always John Phillips, you know? Right. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I'm going to interrupt you. <clears throat> I was discussing with Lou Adler yesterday, asked me, what was my favorite rock and roll record of all time? I said, I don't know. Maybe the band? It takes you back to Little Richard or, you know, like that. And he went, really? I said, yeah. And then he said, you know what mine is? I said, no. He said, Rod Stewart. The one with Maggie May, Reason to Believe, and all those things. Anyway, at the end of the conversation, I said to him, that, I never would have picked that because that's like a kid down the end of the street. Whereas the band, now we know with the band that they didn't go on tour because one of them had crashed his car and broken his fucking neck, but we thought it was career planning. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Albert Grossman, he's so brilliant. You know what she was. And the band, then we named a couple of others. I named Creedence Clearwater Revival because it would be alien to me to name a British one. But for him, Rod Stewart sure. was... So it was an interesting thing, picking on my Creedence Clearwater Revival. No luggage there. Fucking American dream come true. But the lyric, the Zuma Beach thing. Yeah, and, and the sunshine bores yeah. daylights out of me yeah. off of Rocks Off from Exile, which, I mean, the lore of that album. Yeah. And, and the friend I was with last night who had never seen the Rolling Stones and to see his face when Rocks Off came on and he just looks at me and goes, this is my favorite song that's from my one. favorite album. And that's great. That's, that's great. Oh, yeah. That's why you that's do great. it. Yeah. So after Rocks Off, it was uh, Get Off of My Cloud huh. and then Tumbling Dice and then Ruby Tuesday. Okay. Well, they have to have a rest somewhere. The Ruby Tuesday was a, a fan voting. They picked oh, yeah. songs and, and... Oh, I'm so and pleased. So it was because he, him, Brenda, slagged off between the buttons the about a month ago and was going... He got it all wrong. He was going... Because the mistake was we made the tracks in London. No, you didn't, dear. You overdubbed in London. But anyway. And I just don't believe in that because you got people who bought that album. It gave them a lot of life. And the music tells you who you are. It informs you as to what's possible. And to go, well, you know, I didn't, didn't like that album. It's, it, that's almost on the level with that Nazi, Eric Clapton. <laughs> like, um, well, you know, dumber than dumb. Like, where in his book, which was, I don't know, more boring than Beano, where he would say, tell you which blockings of bookings, that because of heroin or whatever the fuck, he wasn't there. Now, if you're around Minneapolis and when Eric Clapton came through, that was a night in your life. 25 years later, to have the schmuck tell you he wasn't there. Right. It's right. not good. Yeah. Have we deviated? Why? We have, but that's okay. I already know where yeah. we were. We were at Ruby good. Tuesday, good. which then went into Ruby my Tuesday. favorite song. How was Keith on that? I'll tell you, it reminded me of, it was so Ste of Steel Wheels versions of that song. So the Steel Wheels tour, oh, okay. which was the first time yeah. I saw them. I never got over the opening of that tour, the way they did not fade away. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. I think it was that tour. 89. It was that tour. Like that. Yeah, that was my first, oh, first show. God. I saw it in Twickenham in England, and I looked around me and saw all these people my age standing on chairs. Then they did two numbers, Street Fighting Man, and, and I thought, if they keep this up, man, call the ambulances. And it was just <laughs> incredible. But then I they did didn't see, keep it I up. I didn't see one no. person carried away on a stretcher yeah. last night, but that's, uh, that's for another thing. You Can't Always Get What You Want was next, which is my favorite song of all time. Really? Yes, it is always... And how did they do that? It was perfect. It was? Okay, great. It was great. perfect. It was absolutely perfect that Ronnie came on center stage and ripped a solo really? that I've never heard on that song. I've, I've seen the Stones 25 times in concert, you know... You know any... the story about Harry Clapton and Ronnie Wood discussing Ronnie being in the Stones? No. 
way. So, but allegedly, I was not there, as I'm not for so many of these things. But Eric is supposed to have been minging about how, you know, I'm a better guitarist than you. You know, I should have got the gig. And Ronnie Turner said, that's not the job. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Which is beautiful. Right? You saw the preview for the, uh, the Beatles movie? That's I'm not out. interested, man. Well, I want some fucking New Zealander. You know, okay, well, I, I tell you what, I would watch and I did watch and was lovely. Three episodes of Scylla. Scylla Black? Yeah. Okay. The, uh, a, a film on her with this gorgeous actress doing the part brilliantly, Sheridan Smith. Watch the four minute preview. There's a four minute trailer out right now, Andrew. It is so good. And at one point, when George leaves, they're sitting around. Which George? Bob Harrison. Okay. Leaves the band during the recordings. Oh. And they say, what are we going to do? And John goes, we'll give it a couple of days and we'll call Eric Clapton. Yeah. I, 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 but I've read enough about it. At the moment, I'm being informed by the 50s. I don't want to. But you'll enjoy Scylla. Also wonderful in it is the, the British actor Ed Stoppard as Brian Epstein. Oh. I emailed him and go, did you watch Brian on Hullabaloo? Because you got the nervous Brian. Oh, that's cool. When Brian, because most people, a lot of people didn't see that because Brian was only the host for Hullabaloo. It was only shown in America. Anyway. Yeah, we're, uh, you can always get what you want. A Ronnie solo and then a, a false finish. Like it ends with a very gospel ending and then it stopped and then started again. And it just ended up being this really long and beautiful version of the song. And to start, oh, Ghost Town, the COVID song, which was good. Living in a ghost town. Oh, ghost. God, yes. Okay, right. So that was, I mean... Well, you got to coast sometime. Well, that's it, right? Yeah. So that's, I guess, where people would... They ain't got that Bernard guy with them anymore. Bernard Fowler's still there. Is he? Yeah. Well, because yeah. he used it's, it's to Lisa take Fisher, over... Fisher, who's not there anymore. All right. Which is unfortunate. Well, I loved her. Sasha Allen has... And again, you know, you, you get used to people over the years. But this one new one looks good. She's great. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, she's great. To me, one of the biggest holes in the band was when Bobby Keys passed away. Don't, Come on, man. They don't sound the same. The last five years that he was on stage, he looked like he was passing away anyway. Yeah, but when they played Sweet Virginia, it sounded All right. like it did on the album. Yeah. Okay. Start Me Up, which I might be the only person in the building, but that's a song I could take or leave. Isn't that the one that got all the money for a commercial? Yeah, Microsoft. Yeah, right. Um, Honky Tonk Women. Then uh, Mick takes a little break. Keith played Connection and Slipping Away. Yeah, uh, I I would argue "Slipping Away" is the best Rolling Stones song from their later years, and I know it's already from thirty something years ago. What's it from? What album? It's from Steel Wheels. Oh, okay, yeah, it's the Keith song on Steel Wheels, and it's just brilliant. Speaking of Keith songs, when Mick was uh, decided to, and also in all fairness to Mick, given the state of journalism today, it could have been something he he whispered in Jan Wenner's ear. 40 years ago or 30 years ago, and has been regurgitated as a, as a now story. But anyway, I read it and went, but other people read it who don't, won't do the forensic on it like I do and took offense. And a couple of people sent me something. Oh, no, this is about the blues thing. And they sent me Twitters and things like that with something happened to me yesterday from between, I said, Obama McCartney said, oh, this is a, a blues number, right? And I, I'd forgotten. Keith does half the vocal on something happened to me yesterday. And it's just so wonderful, the fucking exchange. And also, going, you know, because I knew you were going to be seeing the show. And the thing where it's, it is difficult. And it had to, it's difficult for anybody on the Charlie level. And, and until you're there, probably, like an aeroplane, is it going to crash? Until you're in the seat, then you don't mind. But there are a couple of drum fills on like the fifth verse turnaround. They're not Phil's, they're Charlie. And right. that's the difference. Yes. It's not, it's a tuck, 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 tuck. You go, how the fuck 
did he do that when the vocal wasn't even right. on the record? So I had moments like that last night where I went, this is where I'd hear Charlie uh-huh. and Steve is exceeding my expectations for what would happen in that moment. That's great. Uh, Peanut Black would be a good example really? of that. Uh, so Miss You was next. Uh-huh. Uh, Mick came back to Miss You. Yeah. One of the best versions of that song. That song has grown on me so okay. much live over the years. And I think the reason is Daryl Jones. Oh, yeah. Oh, he owns that song. And it, it's the song where he gets the opportunity. I'll go off the record. Bill Wyman has complained about when he was invited to join. Yeah, right. And they only wanted them for a song. Two right? songs that they made yeah. in the first 30. <laughs> right? Right. right. You know. But also, Daryl Jones, he's been in the band since 1994 now. That yeah. is a long time yeah. to be a half member of to the get it right. Stones. And look where he was before anyway. Where was he? Was he not with Sting? This is the thing. The same with Steve Jordan playing yeah. with Mayer. It, yeah. it is... I think I saw him. I don't know. Or I, I imagine what he would be like when I saw Sting in Vancouver. And I was scared with... Scared? Concerned mm-hmm. with Sting. That it will be all about the wrong things. But it was all about the songs. Everything served the songs. Please. Serving the song. That's uh, it's all about... Midnight Rambler was... Phenomenal last wow. night. Wow. Midnight Rambler was great. up there with versions I've heard from 20, 25 years ago. Huh. I, I don't know how much I'm projecting when I'm just sitting there. But it doesn't matter doesn't because matter, it's the feeling man. I walk away with. No. When but, you're telling but, me about you can't always get what you want, I'm remembering the last time I heard them do that, which was in Glasgow or Edinburgh. Sorry to both. In some tavernous arena in the round almost. And, you know, you get off nights on nights, man, with these things, and you can't always get what you want. Quite frankly, sounded like Liza Minnelli. And there was a, a man in front of us with short sleeve shirts from Burberry who looked like a policeman off duty sitting there, right? Very quiet. And then suddenly, during, at the end of You Can't Always Get What You Want, he just stood up and said, Mick, I love you! <laughs> oh, only in Scotland. If I was shouting distance, I probably would have been yelling the scene. There you go. Night, Andrew. Right. Uh, I only did it in his ear. <laughs> so, uh, as I mentioned, and Paint It Black was next, and, yeah. and I thought you would appreciate this. Who keeps up? How do they kick up Paint It Black? Keith on the guitar. Okay, it's not the record. No, it's... And how Keith do they the kick up Get Up On My Cloud? Um, Steve on the drums. Great. Yeah. Okay. So, before Paint It Black started, Jagger says that they've been coming to California since 1964, yeah. and they put up a little sign on the big screen, and it was... Our first show was at the Santa Monica Civic in 1964, yeah. and they put up a set list, oh. and it was, I don't know, eight songs, and he's like, yeah, we probably played for about a half an hour. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to write this down because no, Andrew's yeah. going to, either he's going to remember it or no, remember, I remember something it. about it. And, but I was remembering it anyway because somebody sent me a poster of, the, um, of that actual event, you know, and that tour was so iffy because very often the promoters didn't show. Hmm. You know, I mean, we were big in the cities, but in the sticks, it was like the Sex Pistols, except we could play, you know, (laughs) sorry. But it was like that, where in the cities where the audiences were in the business of being first, and have you heard about the Rolling Stones? You haven't? Oh, then you're not in my gang. But out in Pasadena or out in, um, like, San Bernardino, I met later when I took Esther, my wife, we were checking on whether she was going to be pregnant with our son, Max. We were here in Los Angeles, and the nurse was so pleased to have someone in there that wanted the baby. 
to start with, and then said, by the way, the first show I ever went to was that one. Oh, wow. Which is wild. So I'm very pleased. And he said, now, well, I'm sure it'll be up on YouTube or whatever all over the day, and I'll be able to hear it, right? Four songs left at that point. Yeah. Uh, Sympathy, Just a Jack Flag. Age, sorry, before I forget, Age of the Audience. What was the... Oh, my goodness. Age of this gorgeous California audience. Oh, my God, Andrew. Wow. Oh, and I'm from Montreal, the most beautiful city in North America. But here, everybody comes from around the world, right? And the answer to your question is, I don't know. I was matter. just, my jaw was on the floor the entire night. Oh, to me, the audience is always key. I was in the Lucky Dip section. What's that? It is a thing that the Stones have been doing for 10 years uh-huh. where you pay $30 for your ticket. Not yet. But- Pardon? Like Chip. Blue. Blue. Exactly. Leg space. Right. Yeah. But you don't know where your seat is until you get there. Oh, really? Yeah. So I could have been in the pit and I could have been in the upper, upper, oh, yeah. upper, oh, upper. Oh, you upper only residue. pay $30. Bucks. You only pay $30. That's wild. Man. Yeah. Okay. So the cheapest part of this whole trip for me was the ticket to the concert. That's great. Yeah. And, it's, and it ends up being all of these really hardcore fans that do it because you know that you're paying about... $30 for the chance at sitting in a $1,000 ticket. So last night we were, the face value on our seats was $300 for the people that paid that. Uh-huh. And we were staring at the stage from the back of the lower bowl. Okay. Well, I like that game. That's great. Yeah, it's a really, yeah, it's a really cool. fun game. Yeah, the the yeah. anticipation uh-huh. of knowing up until an hour before the show that I could be you know, spitting distance. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. But because of that, you're with a bunch of like-minded, huge fans. Or pulling out your gun like the Manchurian candidate. <laughs> no Sinatra either. And he didn't, no, he, he didn't get mentioned <laughs> last night. Um, I, I was uh, beside this guy from Chicago, probably about 30 years old, probably about 10 years younger than me, and had a, a similar parents used to play them all the time, huh. took him to yeah. his first show when he was, and he'd, he'd seen six or seven shows. And it was just- wow. It was wonderful looking to my right and seeing someone who had that same feeling that I did. Huh? And it's that joy. I have had. No, it's you, wonderful. You it's mentioned wonderful. the Tragically yeah. Hip before and, and never in my life did I think that we would, that I would no longer be able to see the hip, but still be able to see the Rolling Stones. And for those who don't know, the yeah. singer of the Tragically Hip died of brain cancer yeah. five years ago. Yeah. And it drastically changed the way I listen to music. Every time I'm at a concert now, I have a moment where I picture myself uh-huh. at the hip. At the yeah. Because that was where my greatest joy was. And last night, sometimes that's a very sad moment for me, Andrew. And last night it was so happy. Great. My favorite band yeah. was the Tragically Hip. Uh-huh. The Tragically Hip's favorite band was the Rolling Stones. Really? Yes. Okay. Yes. So well, much of what their music is about comes from that. And I found the Stones first. But I found them because I was led by the hand. The hip I found huh. myself. And there's something really beautiful about that. And just the fact that I can still go and see the stones and have this feeling at 41 years old. That, well, come on. Okay. When, I, when I was nine years old, though, I was told, we're going to go see the Rolling Stones at the Olympic Stadium in Montreal because you're never going to be able to do this again. Wow. Because they are old and they're not going to tour and this is an And they think they're old. Right. That time. But we're not going to be doing it at the age of 45 or whatever. But it was a novelty at the time to have these, you know, to to use my grandparents saying altacockers on stage. And and now that's what rock and roll is. You've got Bob Dylan going out for another never-ending tour. Yes. You've got Herb Alpert 
next year. Wow, that's cool. Doing 60 dates, okay? You've got that old-time version of Coachella that's going to have everybody who needs a walker off stage, which is incredible. But if you look at it, I mean, some of the background of it is nobody's business, but it's a fact that Mick was fit from day one because of uh, the father being a physical trainer. Do you know any 78-year-olds who can move like that? Liam Neeson? No, he's only 68 or 58. No, no, you get what you deserve, and you also shouldn't really applaud yourself for what you've got because you're usually not the creator of what you've got. But discipline is king, you know. Right. And thank God for rationing because we didn't turn into Duran Duran when we were 25 and had gates and cars and yachts. It was an option. Uh, Did that arrest maybe... Which arrest? The arrest that you referred to at the start of the, today's podcast. Oh, the um, what do you call it? The Redlands. Re- one? Yeah, did that maybe recalibrate things? And how do you mean recalibrate? Like we need to slow down or change tack? Oh no! Or... Come on, look what they did in the seventies. Yeah, but there was still a few years in between. That. No, no. Yeah. I think the only lesson from that is, oh, we're not the Beatles. We're not the Beatles. Okay. <laughs> Okay, which they didn't already know that they weren't the Beatles. Like, you've told me before the Beatles were out earning them 25 to 1 at that time. Yeah. They knew that as well as you knew that, right? No, it wasn't necessarily, you know, I mean, I'm only talking about what I picked up when I had free time in the 70s. You know, somebody told me what the PRS, what the performance money was. Okay, you didn't know that at the time? No. Okay, I thought you did. They're playing the same amount of people. But in England, before you start to travel, you're not aware of the volume of mechanical and publishing income that they're getting while we're still starting off. Pashula Clark probably did better than us wow. for the first year and a half. In America, we know that the Dave Clark Five and Herman Sermons did better than us. I want to very quickly mention, and of course, it finished with Gimme Shelter and Sasha Allen center stage doing, yeah. the, doing the part. I'm used to Lisa Fisher, but I can't sit here and say Steve Jordan's in the band and the Stones are great and then knock them for the backup singer. So I, I understand. So how's your, your problem? Because you're missing Lisa Fisher. Correct. Lisa Fisher's not missing it. Correct. 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 And that is why I know that I am not an impartial reviewer. Because I'm bringing in 40 years of experience of how much this band means no, to you're me. bringing in 40 years of luggage. <laughs> yeah. When right. you can't Serious get badge. beyond. Serious. Badge. Just yes. in that element. Yeah, She's right. blessed, man. Right. She, she either. Because I saw Lisa Fisher play the Corona Theater. Okay. In Montreal. Recently. Five-ish years ago. Yeah. And the whole place was sobbing. And she knows what she's doing. She I mean, and she game. loves what she's doing. She played three different versions of Gimme Shelter that day. Each one wow. better than the next. It was phenomenal. She made that song hers. You know what I was doing at the same time? I was seeing Carla Bruni in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. The, the show ended last night, obviously on Satisfaction. Yep. But there was a moment... At the end, that brought me so much joy, where Mick is doing his stupid school marm dances with both arms out like he's a clock, and Keith is staring at him. They're two or three feet away. They're as far away from each other as you and I are sitting here right now. Yeah. And Keith just stops playing guitar. And it's suddenly that the famous sound from Satisfaction is not being played. It's just the background noise. Wow. And Keith takes his hands off his guitar, which is still attached because of the strap, and starts mimicking mixed dancing. Really? Yes. Wow. And it was just this happy, wonderful moment. Did Mick notice it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and fed into it, and they Uh played off each other for a few seconds, and it was, look, if they're acting, they're fucking great actors. 
Okay. But in that moment, yeah. it actually looked like they like each other and that they cared well, and understood what they were doing. They understood I, their history. But you don't always get that at a Stone show. No, I'm sure you don't, because and, I've seen times when you can count the looks between them. Correct. Or I where wonder. Charlie used to act as the go-between yeah. to allow them to stand, and Charlie was standing between them for the bows. And again, I'm projecting my 40 years of baggage onto this concert, but it felt No, it's not, bag- it's not that baggage. It's only, it was only baggage. For, 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 uh, yeah. But okay, so it, I'm, I'm, then I'm projecting how I grieve. The passing of Charlie was something that they had to deal with on a personal level, which probably got put apart because they had to get on with the fucking show. There's nothing to say that on stage they don't have moments where what you watched was the length and breadth and totality of their experience together because Charlie passed. So from 1962 to 2021... 63. 63. Thank you. Okay. Uh, You would know. I didn't uh, at the time because I didn't ask. Dave, thank you mucho for that, for thank this. You. I mean, because the great thing about this chat, I hope I know it's the same for many of you out there, is Dave has taken me there. And that was the whole idea. Thank you. Well, there you go. Thank you, Dave. Dave, by the way, is winging his way from Montreal to uh, Windsor over the border from Detroit and going to see the uh, Stones again in Detroit, which you will have done by the time probably that you hear this, but going to the Go-Go with Dave. Now, I have one of my favorite book of this year, actually, it is called Chaise Long. And it's by a gentleman called Baxter Dury, who is the son of Ian Dury, who you will all remember from Kilburn and the High Roads and the Blockheads. And he had a sort of strangely successful career. But there's a great book. I, I really suggest you look into it. Baxter Dury. It is my book of the year with Shays Long. Great writer, man. It's like a cartoon strip Clockwork Orange can't say better than that i urge you to read that and be edutained the rolling stones their tour has been absolutely exemplary mick jagger's looking better the more he works love those candid shots those snaps that keep appearing on social media where mick is our tour guide of all the various cities that they're visiting i think that's great but the rolling stones that tour has been exemplary it's just so well run. It's not turning into a Kogelorama or a death knell. Travis Scott, man, what was the attraction? A 50,000-seat audience? You couldn't resist it or whatever? I mean, if you checked on this maniac and you looked as far back as Italy in 2015, this is what the guy does. And in these things where tracks on work driving food to us, petrol is where it is. How strong do you think security staff at these concerts is actually going to be? And how much do you think people on minimum wage will risk their lives to stop other people being killed? They will not. I fortunately was raised in a time where our security was Ian Stewart. Anyway, shame on Travis Scott, because they know what they're inciting. They know what they're inviting. And congratulations to the Rolling Stones, who forever learned their lesson in Altamont. 
and continue to bring you this wonderful tour. Our show, Sounds and Vision, is produced by Mr. Craig Snyder. The production and audio design is by Michael Donaldson. You can reach me on Instagram or Twitter by finding at Lou Golden and Facebook by going to facebook.com slash Andrew Lou Golden. Sounds and Vision is a production of Because Entertain. And because we wish to entertain you more, we hope to see you next week. This is Andrew Lou Golden. Bye, con Diosito. Ciao.